0: It is Locked on Jazz for the 14th of October. Mike Conley, the professor, speaks about the offense and pick and roll. And we all learn from that. What has been the surprise of camp? How about the fact that Jordan Clarkson's a starter? And the final roster moves. Some good NBA players might not be on the roster this time next week. It's all coming up on today's edition of Locked on Jazz. You are Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA Insider. This is Locked On Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz. Giving you insight, expertise, geeky numbers. And hopefully making it way better to be a jazz fan each and every day. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jazz your first listen of the day. We are free. We are available on all podcasting platforms, apps, whatever it is you listen to your podcast. And on YouTube. Please subscribe. Give us a five-star review. And if you're on YouTube, please subscribe and hit that bell. That'd be great. Our question for the day... What do you think the roster cutdown will be, and what is your biggest surprise of camp? My biggest surprise of camp is that Jordan Clarkson looks to be a starter, and it tells you a lot about JC. And we'll talk about it coming up here in a second. Uh, Mike Conley uh, did a had a presser yesterday that was just terrific, so that's where we're going to start today's show. Jazz and the Mavericks final preseason game tonight. Tickets are still available. Mini pack tickets are available at UtahJazz.com that are pretty great. We get going on Wednesday. All this. Uh, all right, so I have just a bunch of new Lockdown on gear. If you can't tell, I have a new locked-on hat and a new Lockdown sweatshirt. So double-logoing. What do we think about that? I'm generally anti-double-logoing, by the way. Um, I just did it, but I didn't really mean to. Um, so what's everyone's thought on double-logoing? Is that too much? Probably. All right, let's start off the show today um, with Mike Conley. So Mike had a media session yesterday, and I just thought it was great. Um, and I think he's so thoughtful, and he's such a great resource. So it started, actually, Andy Larson asked them about the fact that the Jazz are playing less high pick-and-roll than they did. This this actually leads to an entire NBA-wide thing that's going to go on this year, which is high pick-and-roll at the top, which uh, has been kind of the staple of the league, is going to struggle with the amount of switching that's taking place in the league. You 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 run the high pick-and-roll, and unless you've got James Harden or you've got Giannis or you've got somebody where you're trying to run the pick-and-roll to get the switch, I think it's going to be a problem. You either are going to have to have a big that's so powerful, Joel Embiid, DeAndre Ayton, maybe Rudy Gobert just with his height, but maybe not, um, rolling to the basket so that can get verticality on the smaller guard so that it's worth it for them so that you can profit off that and, and, and on the switch, or you're literally running high pick and roll just to get the switch to play one on one. the The latter is not a strength for this Jazz basketball team. You know, running a high pick and roll just to go get a switch is probably not going to be something that you want the Jazz want to do a great deal or think is you know going to be a productive way for them to run plays. So we're running a lot more actions and coming off pin downs and starting with an advantage and get coming off the wing and getting it and low pick and, and then get kind of low pick and rollers. We're running a lot of um, guard spaced three man pick and rolls. We're running stuff from the side rather than the top, um, and so Mike Andy Larson asks uh, Mike Conley the first question, which we'll get the answer to. him am just kind of I'm going to pause these and come back here throughout, and that is just kind of about what they're running and how they're running stuff differently. And then I really dig into a little bit with him about first. About the idea of what Will Hardy keeps saying, which is, "Hey, we got guys who can beat guys off the dribble, but then once they come off the dribble, they've got to find ways to help their teammates." Mike's super interesting about it, and it's clear it's what he's talking to: Nikhil Alexander Walker, Jared Butler, Colin Sexton, um, and all these guys about at a really high level. And then we kind of dig in, um, we dig in a little bit past that, and then the last thing I talked to him about is how if you run the pick and roll from the side instead of from the top. It's a very, e- it's a much easier read for a guard. So let's let's jump over to Mike. He's just so great. Um, here is Mike, and let's take a second and listen to some of the things he has to say. And I'll pause it and come back throughout.
1: You know uh, Funnel ourselves into strictly pick and roll team. We can run it. Um, we think with our versatility, with our size, uh, especially uh, Larry and Kelly and you know Van, all those guys around the perimeter were quick and. You know, we figure we can throw it to them, let them make decisions, dribble handoffs, um, a lot of off-ball screen actions, and uh, really just try to run a lot. You know, I think in, in, you know, with a young team, it's easier to, you know, say, get a stop and run. And guys will run as fast as they can. They'll get a, a buck on the other end of the court. So if we can, you know, do that better than we've done in the last, you know, few weeks, um, that'll be more of who we want to be. And then I think as the year goes on, we'll, we'll figure out what works you know, with different groups and what works with different guys. Obviously, I, I love pick and roll and, um, and being in as much as I can. But figuring out the guys and where people like the ball and where um, everybody can be effective is, is kind of like where we're at right now.
0: So that's interesting to hear Mike say that, they're you know, they're still really trying to figure out who they are, what fits, what's the best way to use guys, um, and, and what the best way to get things done are. The ideal, you know, rather than maybe being that half-court team that he's talking about, what you hear him saying is we're going to try to be a team that can get out, get in the open floor, because that half-court stuff is not where, where we're at our greatest strengths. And um, so that's insightful. I think we knew that, but it, it, it's important for him um, to say that. And and when you have this youth, you do need to run. Now, here's where Mike and I start to get into a little bit more of kind of the real detailed pick-and-roll discussion. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, um, it takes time. I've, I've literally said that every single day to five, four or five of the guys is like, slow down. Like you already beat them with your first step. At that point, you have to now read the rest of the game. You know, we've got so many guys who are quick and athletic that they beat a guy and they first thing they do is get to the rim and they jump. And then when they get up there and there's a seven footer, it's like, oh, what do I do? What do I do? And we get stuck sometimes. And, you know, I like working with Colin this morning. We were just working on... Literally jump stops in the middle of the paint and like two pump fakes and fake pass out, finish a floater or pass out to the corner, like stuff like that that it just allows the game to be slower for you. Um, and you, your mind won't race as much. You know, as, as a young guy, you're so used to using athleticism to get by uh, with pretty much everything because it, it, it was good enough. And once you're here, it's kind of not.
0: So that last comment is the most telling comment of all.
1: The last comment there
0: is that, hey, when you came into this league, everything you had was the fact that you had that athleticism and that quickness and that ability to beat someone. And that's what got you here. But then once you're here, everyone has that. And so it's not nearly as useful to you as it once was. And to hear Mike say, hey, I I was literally working with Colin Sexton at practice yesterday about getting like jump-stopping, feet and fakes, figure out what's going on, and react from that. It's a dramatic change for Sexton, who, again, was last in the NBA in assist to usage rate his first two years, did not have an assist the other night. You know, he, he this is a huge learning curve for him. He At Alabama, like, the greatest story about him is the fact that he led the team three on five to stay in a game. Well, that's probably telling, right? It's, it's his greatest fit. He's competitive. He cares. He wants all the right things. He he He's a worker. Super hard worker. Now, are you working on the right things? Are you developing your game in, in the correct fashion? And are you learning how to do it in a way that Will Hardy's talked about a lot? Where you, hey, beat your guy, but can you make your teammates better? And Mike Conley's talking about, you know, do you go on the search dribble? Do you go on the, um, do you jump stop, feet, fakes, make the play? Re- read what's going on around you. The thing that, that I ask Mike next um, is when you go into the lane, is it predetermined? Or are you? Do do you know, like, hey, you look at it, you're like, you know, I'm gonna go feet and fakes in this, or I'm gonna go search dribble, or is it actually you're you're like reading all this, and and I'll have that for you uh, here in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Murdoch Hyundai, located at forty six forty six South State Street, also located in Logan and in Linden. The Murdoch lineup of cars or the Hyundai lineup of cars is just outstanding, and the Murdoch company has. 80-plus years, maybe even 90 at this point. I feel like I've done this show long enough that maybe it's 90 now, uh, of work with the state of Utah and a part of our community. They are simply uh, the best, and that is uh, what makes Murdoch so great. The lineup of cars is amazing. The SUVs start with a little Kona, then they go to the Tucson, then they go to the Santa Fe, and then the gorgeous Palisade uh, that you have to just love and adore. Uh, And I am somewhat envious of every time I see. We just bought the Ionic. We have two Santa Fe's. Uh, and we've done it because when I do the research on it, what I find out from Hyundai is that I get the most bells, the most whistles, the most safety features, the best safety ratings for the best price that I can get out there. And that's why I determined that Hyundai was the right place for us to go. And the Murdochs have been amazing. If you're looking for a car right now, please email me first at DLock09 at gmail.com. That's DLock09 at gmail.com. So I can set you up with Cam in uh, at Murray, Jake out in... Uh, Linden, and get you that VIP experience with the guys at either Murdoch Hyundai in Linden, in Logan, or at 46, 46 South State Street. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at Bet Online. Odds, news, scores, all of it at BetOnline.net. Get the latest sports information that you need. For your weekend enjoyment with all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, in depth articles, and analysis on every game you can find. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting, up to the minute scores in every sport out there MLB, playoffs, MMA, boxing, golf, NBA, season run. Head to betonline.net to use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. What do we got today? Last night, another Thursday night NFL football. Man, that post game show is great, but boy, that show is terrible. If you're still alive in your Survivor League, first off, congratulations. The line of the week is the Rams as a 10-point favorite over the Carolina Panthers. That's the biggest line that's out there. The 9-point line of Tampa Bay against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Young quarterbacks. New coach in Charlotte not doing well. On the baseball front of things today, Cleveland and the Yankees got rained out. They'll go back at it today. The uh, Yankees are a 1.5-point favorite. And the Padres and the Dodgers today, the Dodgers are a 1.5-point favorite with the Astros and Mariners tomorrow. Boy, one swing on the Mariners. Uh, and they are a one and a half point dog. Uh, they are the Super Bowl, fa- the World Series favorites are still the Astros at plus 240 with the Dodgers at plus 285. And our NBA odds as the NBA futures opening night, Boston and Philadelphia. Boston's a three and a half point favorite, and the Warriors are a five and a half point favorite over the Lakers. And the Warriors are the odds on favorite to win the NBA title. It's all at Online. .net, where the game starts. All right, let's go back to Mike Conley. So the part two of what I asked him um, was about the fact that, um, what he felt about um, whether he makes up his mind before he gets there or whether it evolves as the play happens. let you feel so you do a Nash or search drill? Are you predetermining that beforehand,
1: Do you know that you're doing that or are you that or we you as you're still yeah. you to do on the internet? Yeah, it's literally just, you're writing the book as it goes, you know, there's a blank page when you, when you come off a pick and roll and you just, you look up and you read the defenders on the backside, you read the guy guarding you, you don't really read as much the guy who uh, got screened because you figure he's getting screened and he's out of play and, and now it's just looking behind that and seeing what avenues and lanes are open and. Um, but you got to be looking to do that. You can't be with your head down. You, got, you can't be thinking, oh, "I'm just trying to score" or predetermine anything. So it's just, it's just really trying to read and uh, react to what, what's, what's given to you.
0: This is such a dramatic change. Like if you think about this, the change that you're asking a player to make here is, is really an astronomically big change for a player to make. Here's a guy who's been the man on his team since sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. AU probably always going to the basket, always scoring, always going to the rim as that's the answer. And, and maybe there have been times where someone's cut him off and he hands it off, and that's his three assists a game. And now all of a sudden you're saying, come off that pick and read with your eyes up, not necessarily determined that you're going to the basket. I mean, we saw this with Don, frankly. He was not a natural point guard. Um, you know, we've seen it with Jared Butler. He's not a natural point guard. Um, and so. You, you suddenly see this. Now you're coming around that pick, as, as Mike's saying. You're reading everything that's in front of you. You're not worried about the guy behind you. But you've got to be eyes up, and you've got to be thinking, and you've got to be reading, and you've got to be making decisions. Not just, I beat his man, I'm going, Ugh! and exploding to the rack. Because at six one six two 6'2", in this league, you're probably you're not there. When you watch Luka tonight, he's just always in control. It's slow. It's in control. It's at his pace. He's reading it. He's got it figured out. And he's also 6'9". And this is the biggest trend of the league where the Mike Conleys of the world are suddenly, I don't want to say phasing out, but they're phasing out um, in the sense that their 6'1 guards are hard to find or hard to survive. They exist. They're just hard to survive. What's going? What we're going to see is over half the teams in the NBA have a playmaker, their first or secondary playmaker, who's 6'9 or bigger. And that, they can see, right? That's a huge advantage. Like one of the things I didn't ask Mike about is, when you get in there, even in those little pockets, the passing lanes are small now because everyone's so big. Like this game has not gone small. This game's gone big. Remember, nobody in the draft, you'll hear this from me a million times this year. Nobody in the draft in the first round was smaller than 6-4. So we're just there's just no space. There's no passing lanes. There's no there's nothing to be done um, on a lot of these plays. And then you get caught trying to drive the basket if you're head down, you're not and you didn't make the right read, you're really in trouble. The other thing that I've been told from coaches is that if you come off the wing on a pick and roll, clear side pick and roll, it's just a much easier read for a guard, a young guard, than it is coming from the top. Um, so here's here's what I asked. I figured I might as well ask Professor Conley a few more questions. So I've heard that if you pick and the side, you're going to be but if you're coming
1: off the top, you're a Well, from the side, uh, it's empty. So if you got a side pick and roll, which we run a lot of those. Um, you're really reading just the, def- the closest defender, help defender, who you either split and get to the middle of the paint. If he doesn't help, obviously you get there. If he helps, you advance the ball. Um, once you get to the paint, now you're reading the big, who would be, say, guarding a rim roller on our team, wherever that may be. If they drop back, you got a floater layup. If they commit to you, bounce pass, lob. So fairly simple. Um, down the middle, there's... A lot more involved. Spacing is different. You know, you can have two defenders, help defenders on either side, including the, the middle pick and roll action. So, guy rolls. You got to read the top guy if he helps, or the bottom guy if he helps. If nobody helps, it's just two on two with you and the big going out in the middle. So, um, it can be tricky if you are not used to doing it. Because uh, in the middle of it all, you got you still got to be looking to score. You still got to find your opportunities to make a play. So, um, there's a bunch of reads you can make.
0: So that's Professor Mike Conley, and that is a wonderful luxury and something fairly fabulous to have access to, to have someone sharing those thoughts and those comments with us each and every time. That is that is pretty cool stuff. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, and it's worth watching, so keep an eye on. Like, if you want to get really detailed this year, in a year in which, you know, we're probably going to be watching some things that aren't all, you know, wins and losses. Like, sure, we'd all like to start 20 and 10. It seems unlikely. Um, and so what can we watch for some of those things? Can Colin Sexton learn how to develop that read? Can he understand when to go to the basket, when to make the pass, when to plant and make, you know, if you see tonight, Colin Sexton gets the paint, plants both feet, starts feet and fakes, and then turns it over. Like I actually would call that progress. That's him trying to do what he's worked with Mike Conley to do. It doesn't always have to be the first time you do it. You yield to success. The other thing I think is interesting. This was something Donovan was really, was super great at was Donovan implemented things he tried at an incredible rate. Donovan would work with, I remember watching Donovan working with Johnny Bryant, and then almost immediately thereafter, watching him suddenly put it into action. It was just amazing. Like, he'd be working on a move and practice during the day and shoot around that morning, and then in the game he would try it. Sometimes airball, sometimes miss the layup badly. But the fact that he he would try it was huge. So, you know, sometimes the success we're going to see is not going to be Based on the fact that the guy actually had success with it, but that he tried it. You know, we talked about Lowry Markkinen, who's just super talented, and how I, you know, his his first quarter the other night was three shots, two of them were threes. He just was kind of a, a third quarter he scored eleven points. He had seven shots. One, one of them was a three. He was really assertive. Okay, well then, you know what? I, I'm going to take a one for seven out of Lowry Markkinen somewhere along the way because that's him being assertive, trying to instill himself in the game. And and he didn't do it successfully, but he's at least doing what we need him to do and how we need him to play, right? Does that you follow me a little bit on that? So I think we'll see these times where these guys make mistakes and we have to decide, oh, that's progress. And in the case of of, of Colin Sexton, you know, working with Mike Conley, that's probably the player we're talking about the most. Let let's see how he, he does that. Um, the biggest surprise of camp to me has been the work And the idea that I think we're veering toward is that Jordan Clarkson's going to start. We'll see tonight. This is going to be an interesting game. But my guess is we're going to roll out with Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson, Lowry Marketing, Kelly Olenek, and Jared Vanderbilt as our five-man starting lineup for the season. And Jordan Clarkson is your starting two. And what has been really, really impressive to me is how Jordan has has played both in Portland and in uh, the game the other night as a starter. Like moving the basketball, playing with teammates, not taking the early quick shot, not taking the kind of outlandish crazy shot. Um, he still has this total willingness to destroy his percentages by shooting in the final four seconds of every shot clock and the end of every quarter. Um, it's like an act of, of, of giving to his teammates that's fairly remarkable. Um, but he really has played with the team. He had five or six assists the other day. Um, he's been great. And, you know, we talk about Jordan Clarkson, the chameleon as a person that his, his whole personality to me, you know, is this ability to float from one group of people to the other and kind of fit into all of them. He's just, you know, the coolest kid around. He's doing the same thing on the basketball court, showing an ability to, uh, play as this outlandish sixth man who comes off the bench as a microwave and, and makes all these plays, and he's also showing the ability to play as a starter and worry about getting his teammates involved and playing with guys and doing exactly what the coach said. I mean, it's a really interesting um, step for Jordan, and I think that's the surprise of camp. We can talk about all sorts of other things, um, and but to me, the surprise of camp is that we're. I would suspect that we're going to see Jordan Clarkson in the starting lineup today and that the bench unit will be Sexton and Beasley, and the starting lineup will be Conley and Clarkson. And um, and I think that actually works, right? Like you need like Sexton with his driving, you need like a knockdown bona fide big-time shooter um, out there. Jordan can actually use Mike as that shooter. Um and marketing with his size. There's there's it actually it makes a lot of sense. It's just not where I thought we'd end up in any way, shape, or form. We do have our final roster moves that have to be made, so let's touch on that as we continue. It is locked on jazz your daily podcast in the Utah Jazz, your team every day. Thanks so much for making us your first listen of the day. For your second listen today, the Ultimate NBA Preview is available at Locked on NBA on YouTube or on the Ultimate Preview. Uh, search Ultimate Preview or Ultimate Pro Basketball, and you'll find it on your podcast. And it's a six-part series of everything getting you ready for the NBA season. The Ultimate Preview series is available. Our football one's a big hit, and our basketball one is equally as good. All right, so the roster. There are three players that have to be cut. Great news yesterday. Doka Azabuke is back and available to play five on five, and that was that is certainly cool. This kid has just busted his butt, worked so hard. We talked about it the other day on the show. So 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 excited um, for Doka Azabuke to be uh, healthy and back at it for the for the Jazz, um, and hopefully we'll even get to see him a little bit in the game tonight. That would just I think that'd be such an uplifting experience for him. He's battled so hard. Um, so with Adoka Azabuke available, I suspect the non-guaranteed contract of Cody Zeller is, is likely uh, to be cut. Um, as is always the case, Dan Clayton at Salt City Hoops did a really nice job kind of breaking this down on what the next level on this is. Um, and uh, I, you know, I think, um, you know, so if you get a chance, I, I'll, I'll give him a tip of the hat. He does, he does great work. Um, so here's where it comes down to now. We've got two cuts that we have to make other than Cody Zeller's non-guaranteed contract. And I think in all fairness, the likely choices are Doka Azubuque, who feels unlikely, Leandro Balmero, Jared Butler, Stanley Johnson. And then the question is, what are you doing with Rudy Gay? So w- the first thing is, on the Rudy Gay contract, you could, you could stretch it. He's owed contract money next year. The other thing, though, frankly, is that number is so valuable— Possibly to make a deal, work a deal, do something with the deal that I I feel like it's just I don't think you can just cut Rudy Gay. Um, he and Will Hardy have a good relationship. He hopefully um, you know can be a, an asset to the young players on the roster, um, and we'll see how much playing time he gets. But the fact is that just that contract, I think, gets really really difficult to. It, you're actually doing a disservice to the organization, one on the financially, but also because of the fact that, you know, you're piecing puzzle pieces together in the future. If you're trying to make future deals and there's a real chance that that puzzle piece is important um, and that you're going to need that puzzle piece. Um, so this gets it really what gets interesting here. And I thought um, what some of the kind of comments that Dan Clayton made that I hadn't really totally thought about is that basically both Balmero and Butler are on. uh Minimum deals. And so it's easier for teams to pick up if they if if they want to pick them up in some way, um, if they're not, um, you know, if they if they get because they're both on true minimum contracts, if they sorry, if they were not on a true minimum contract, then for another team to pick them up, it's it's more difficult to do. But because they're on a true minimum, you can just kind of someone can go pick that up. Um, now Balmero has got an option and the jazz will have to decide if they pick it up and keep it. Stanley Johnson is all, is on that minimum with Butler. Did I say Balmero? Uh, Stanley Johnson and Jared Butler are both on that. Um, so all 29 teams could add them. Um, whereas on somebody else, teams with cap room, like cap room or an exception are the only ones that could acquire. them. So we'll see. I mean, there's always a chance that the jazz are able to make some sort of move. I mean, the fact of the matter is that the jazz, the, an, two NBA players, three NBA players, qu- Cody Zeller could help someone win games. Stanley Johnson could help someone win games. Leandro Balmer could help someone win games. Doke Azubuque could help someone win games. And Jared Butler could help someone win games. I mean, the fact of the matter is that the Jazz are going to cut three viable NBA players, which is just a huge statement that the NBA is so ready for expansion, that we just have so much talent floating around here about what is going to take play, you know, of who could play this league. Um, and, the, and the margin is so slim. I. I I tweeted out earlier this year, like, the amount of guys we've had on rosters last years who aren't on teams anymore, it's just that hard um, to make this league. And I feel for, like, guys that get let go at this point in time, there's going to be two guys on most of these rosters that get let go that are really, really good. Like, you know, I think Saban Lee, who got released and immediately picked up by Phoenix, is 39th pick of a draft. He's pretty good. Um, and probably a viable NBA rotation player, too. And he's battling to try to stay aboard somewhere. And then, if he gets cut by Phoenix, like, where does he go? You know, if every team's cutting two or three guys that are viable NBA players, where do these guys go? And how do they get their next gig? So, it's, it's some nervous time for some of these guys right now. And a real, you know, tonight's a big opportunity for them if decisions haven't already been made. And, and, and they have, or at least more importantly, even if decisions have been made, it's another chance for them to be able to put, uh, you know, game on tape and let people see what they can do. Um, for the Jazz. So it'll be interesting. I mean, Jared Butler, we talked about a lot yesterday, and the growth he's trying to have, and and the steps he's trying to make. Leandro Palmero we've talked about a lot, who I really like. I love the way he plays. He doesn't rim finish well, and he hasn't shot it well yet, but he knows how to play the game. He can get anywhere he wants on the floor. He's got kind of a beautifully, aesthetically pleasing game. Stanley Johnson is evolving from a former top-ten pick who had to learn how to, you know, his body was dominant to how to use that body into an NBA player. We had great defensive stretch in Toronto and the fourth quarter and did some really good things for the Lakers last year. And, you know, was trying to figure out the dope Bouquet is that you know, other than staying healthy is a been, is a freak athlete who can get up above the cup, do things offensively, learn, needs to learn how to be a better defensive rebound. Cody Zeller might have the best play of camp. Cody Zeller grabbed the ball in the free throw line against Toronto, held it while F- Funchekio ran a cut, understood the game well enough to let him keep going, bounced it to him. Funchekio gets a layup on the other side. Like, these guys are all totally viable players, and there's not enough roster spots. The league is just short right now They're on amount of teams to the talent that the game has. So it will be super interesting to see um, what happens with the Jazz and, and when those cuts are made. Monday is when they have to be made. Often teams make them by Saturday or Sunday um, so that they can have their last few practices as the group. Um, but you could wait till Monday, certainly have your last practice. Tuesday, you could wait, you know, or you could just do it. Uh, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, Friday night, uh, whatever it might be, to um, allow yourself to have your group kind of get together and, and know that that's the group for the season. All right, Jazz and the Mavericks tonight, 7 o'clock start. Look forward to having you there. Uh, please tune in 97.5 FM. We're also available on Audio League Pass. We're also available on the NBA app. We're also available at Utah Jazz, and we're also available at Sirius XM on the call this year. Thanks very much for tuning in. It is Lockdown Jazz, your team every day. For your second listen, let's go to Lockdown NBA or the ultimate NBA preview today. See you.